Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. to recall the midwife this is series four episode one i'm alex i'm becky i'm jen um a quick reminder that this week's episode deals with child abuse and neglect miscarriage pregnancy loss and premature birth so if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time we understand and hope you join us for the next one in this week's episode trixie debuts a new haircut just as she gets called to deliver a baby in the back of a car Sheila is teaching a mother and baby class at the community center, and the topic is breast and bottle feeding. Mrs. Colette Wimbish brings up her concern with bottle feeding, and Sheila tries to comfort her. Colette has lost three previous pregnancies before she's reached full term, and when contractions send her to the maternity home at 33 weeks, she is worried she'll have another loss. Colette delivers a premature but healthy little girl, and with care in the hospital, she thrives. Trixie is working in the clinic when she meets Gary and his baby sister, Coral. Carrie, not Carrie, (laughs) Gary has brought Coral in for a checkup, but Trixie sees some issues that prompt her to ask Gary to wait for the doctor. He leaves with Coral before that happens, and despite Trixie's efforts, they are impossible to track down. We learn Gary is one of four siblings, Coral the youngest, and they are all living in terrible conditions and with much neglect from their mother, Bernice. They are discovered when Gary is caught shoplifting and Officer Noakes and his officers remove the children from the place they live and are set up in temporary care. Trixie learns this and steps in to help. Their story touches her deeply and she shares her feelings with Tom. It brings them closer and he proposes with the ring and her favorite pastry, an Angelica! Back at Nanata's house, Sister Evangelina is having some health issues and Sister Monica Joan and Sister Julian help her to recognize her need for care. 
Last, new midwife Barbara Gilbert arrives and begins to settle into life in Poplar. <laughs> I know we say this every week. There's just so much. And also, excuse me at my voice, everyone. I sound like I've been smoking 20 a day. I, <laughs> it's I actually... finally caught up with you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a cough and I've just been out too much. I'm not going to lie, screaming excitedly. Um, listeners, this has been a big week for Alex and we don't have time to go into it, but just trust us when we say this has been one of Alex's like highlight weeks of her life. It's been the best. It was the best night of my life. Everyone's like more than your wedding. And I'm like, yes, I met all the neighbors. Oh, way more than your wedding. Forget the wedding. The wedding is just, and they were like, cool. When they, when you do it, I was like, yes, that's the worst day of my life. That's not a nice day. (laughs) Birthing. Um, anyway, yeah. Birth is not the best day of really anyone's life. I don't think. I'm really honest. I met Susan Kennedy from Neighbours. That's all you need to know. And Paul Robinson. Yeah. It was just best, best, best. Yeah. Anyway, that's by the by. A different TV show. Um, yes. Can I just say, um, the names, can we just talk about the names really, really quick? So they've got, right? Sure. Yuketa, yeah. Marcy, Coral, and Gary. <laughs> <laughs> pretty name costs nothing, Alex. A pretty name does cost nothing. What about Gary? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, it's like it's like she she had Gary, and then she's like, whoa, 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 we need to like spice this up a little bit, and then after that, she was just gonna run wild, you know? Yeah, but it's like when they say, "Oh, I'm gonna give her something modern, Pam," and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is to be fair, then. But Gary, I was just like, I, yeah, I suppose but... Gary was fashionable then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gary, yeah. Is Gary, Gary one of those names that's dying out? Yeah. Which, which I don't know. To me, because it, no, it is Jen. It's this big thing that Gary is a name that's dying out. Oh, really no, I was, I was going to say, I don't know dot, 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 any Garys, and I haven't heard any little kids named Gary. So I was going to Yeah, but you know what yeah. gets me about that? There's so many Harrys. It's only one letter difference. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I'd rather but... Harry than Gary. What yeah, about Barry? Gonna... What would you prefer to be, Gary or Barry? Oh, Barry is the worst out of the three of those. Yeah. Sorry oh, to any take... Barrys listening. Yeah, sorry. I'd take a Gary over a Barry. Any or, or any Garys listening. Or Pam's. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who's well, name? Oh, this is this is like when we were when um Trixie blasted the name Fred back in series one when um and then we said that Raymond because they named the the found baby Raymond and we said Raymond was a was a worse name than Fred. Yeah. Sorry to any Raymonds out there. Yeah. Oh man. Fred really is br- one of the names that's having a resurgence though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This this Freddie's at my daughter's school. Yeah. Fred's a good name. It's solid. So I think we should start on and just discuss Colette's storyline. Okay. Can we just say before that, I just wanted to say about the first baby that was born that was kind of like nameless that you never saw. You know, they saw a baby being born. Patsy was doing it. No, no, that was the second baby born. First baby born, Patsy was oh, doing Patsy it when they did the voiceover. Like, a new baby. Actually, I sound a bit uh, Vanessa Redgrave with this voice. A new <laughs> baby is born. And everyone thinks it's the most beautiful baby that's ever lived. That kind of thing. It's um, as ordinary and miraculous as a, as a sunrise. Yeah, you know? it's a sunrise. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, the baby, it was the it was the cleanest newborn I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it looked as if it, it was just dousing a bit of water to make it appear slippery. Yeah, yeah she, basically. She'd taken a little bath. But yeah, baby Nicholas born into the back of a back of a van. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, Nicholas for a boy. Uh, and he was like, what's the name? Nicholas for a boy, lols. But yeah, baby Nicola. <laughs> well, wait, she was also have... very, very, she was also a whopper, but not to sound too much like, uh, what do you call her, Patsy, but. <laughs> wait, didn't, didn't they do the classic joke where, like, Trixie runs up and, and she says, like, um, 
she oh what does Trixie say she says something like oh like how like how's it going or whatever and the dad goes like oh everything's fine like I'm good and then she's like no your wife like it was a name it was I've just said it they were like the same time what you listen to me Jennifer um (laughs) she was like what's the name and he was like Nicholas for a boy and she was like no your wife (laughs) that's right that's right that's right sorry I hadn't put that together my brain is just went a little bit in and out okay sorry so, well, and Trixie got the lift on the milk float, and it made me think of when we were at university, Alex, we got a lift home once on a milk float because it was so <laughs> early in the morning. We did with Colin. Colin the milkman, if you're listening from Lancaster, Colin the milkman, um, he used to wear really small shorts, didn't he, all the time, no matter what the weather was. Lancaster, Lancaster is not warm. Um, and he gave us a lift home up a hill because we were quite drunk. And, um, oh, it was amazing. And then he used to give us free milk, didn't he? Well, he, le- I mean, he knew what he was doing because he left free milk and he left some other stuff on our doorstep potatoes and orange juice it was the most exciting day we've ever had and then I mean he knew what we were doing because from that moment onwards we ordered from him stuff that just sat in the fridge and then just went off yeah but we did it (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah talk Um, more about food you didn't eat 20 years ago the people want to hear really a lot about that I'm sure yeah (laughs) 21 years ago actually Jen What else went bad in your fridge when we were all 19 years old? <laughs> I didn't even know it went bad. I was just clearly, drinking it. <laughs> I was just drinking it drunk. Coming out from the club. Oh, God. The things we drank and ate and did and said and everything when we were all inebriated <laughs> in those days was disgusting. I, but that I Colin, Colin was there to give us a lift in. <laughs> I'm glad we blocked it out. Okay, speaking back. Of, uh, speaking of ridiculous, awful things and being sick, um, let's talk about uh, Trixie's knee in the sick. I honestly nearly oh, thought that. Oh, that, uh, that uh, was uh, disgusting. Uh, oh, that was absolutely disgusting. I was just like, how do you, how do you get your day back after that? Um, okay, wait, but but Colette. So Bex, oh, so yes, yeah, Colette. Now. With Colette, where do you what say say stuff? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I think Colette's story is, I was going to say kind of by the by, but that's a bit dismissive. Um, <laughs> but Barbara, if, we need to talk about Barbara, who's the new recruit. And she obviously assists Sister Angelina, who delivers Colette's baby. And okay, then... well, wait, let's just, let's just rewind for one quick second. So Colette is the one that I said in the synopsis, she makes, she makes some comments about, um, how you have to breastfeed when Sheila is teaching the mother and baby class about feeding your baby. And yeah, she was like, well, friend. yeah, she's, she has a very like pronounced bump. And she was like, well, who told you you have to breastfeed? You know, like we really want to encourage people, you know, to like not put too much pressure and have, you know, make a fed a baby is best and everything. And she's like, well, Dr. Spock said that. And, you know, she's like, oh, and then I love the line where they say something about like, oh, well, that's Americans. Like they do it so different over there and everything. I can't remember. Exactly. She was like, it helps you bond. And Sheila was like, what do you mean, Bond? I was like, what do you mean, you don't, you, you, however many years, you know what bloody Bond is? I'm sorry, that was annoying. Well, yeah, it does. But I think I think Sheila's point was like, I think what she was trying to say was, there's lots of ways to bond with your baby and breastfeeding doesn't have to be, you know, the... Pr- no, like, definitely. But it's the way she didn't, was like, what, like, what, didn't understand what Bond meant. The first time it, she'd heard of bonding with a baby. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so Colette is like, is very, she, you can just tell there's a lot of anxiety there. And so then her and she, so then Sheila and Dr. Turner are talking about it. And Dr. Turner says, you know, oh, she lost three pregnancies in the third trimester. She's obviously very anxious. And um, 
And um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I can just hear something from my other room of my house. And um, so <laughs> then <laughs> Dr. Turner is like, well, I've told her she can come in once a week. And um, and she but but I, he's like, I'm, I'm not sure if that's really helping. So anyway, so she comes in because she's she's having contractions. She's in the maternity home and then her waters break. And then you guys kind of go from there because like you said about well it. i just need to shout out timothy who's been reading the lancet and knows about the benefits of breastfeeding well also not just that timothy like you know we're talking about um sheila like not knowing the word bond like timothy don't get me wrong he's bright as a spark and that was amazing i loved it but like he also like made sheila look a bit they've made sheila look a bit thick this week like, she didn't know what bonding <laughs> was for the for the sake of the storyline and then she was like, didn't know about colostrum. And I just thought, she's a midwife. She, of course she bloody know that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to mute myself because of an issue in my home. But now I am back. So, but I did. I'm sure whatever you guys said, I would agree with. I'm also, sure. can I just say, just on on that point, just really quickly, when we're talking about Sheila t- doing the milk talk, I actually found it really interesting that they were do- using like condens- condensed milk for, for, for babies. Like, well, honestly. I've been thinking this for a while. What have you been because, thinking? Well, just that surely it's not great for babies. Yeah, and they were like, oh. I, was, I was raised on it. And like, my baby's going to get the same. And they're like, no, don't use that. Don't use evaporated <laughs> condensed milk. Like, no, that's fine for any pudding, but not for your baby. And I just thought, well, she's, oh. she's all right. Okay, when they, <laughs> when they mean condensed milk, do they mean like milk that's just very thick or do they mean like milk that's like thick like sweet no, like carnation carnation no it's like sweetened like we make the only thing i know to make with condensed milk is we used to make coconut ice did anyone used to make that no we used to make coconut um pyramids with the chocolate dip on top like a bit like um macaroon kind of things but is yeah. it is it, is it thick coconut. like a syrup it's yeah. thick yeah and it's sweet oh okay so okay so just just something for our for our american versus British listeners here. So in America, we have evaporated milk, and you guys have evaporated milk too. Yeah, it's not that. It's not okay. like long life so, milk. So us, so I would say sweetened condensed milk, and you guys just say condensed milk. Yeah. Okay, so that's the difference. Maybe there was so, like an unsweetened version because they kind of been giving all those babies that sugar. Well, the thing is, sweetened condensed milk is so sweet. I mean, it's incredibly sweet. Like I think of it as like, I mean, it's 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 thick like a syrup. Like you would, you know, it's really really thick. Um, but yeah, she, but actually this is kind of an interesting episode because there's a few mentions about kind of, I'll just say like food nutrition technology because she looks as a thing of like, oh no, now we've formulated this product, baby formula for your babies and it's really good for them. And it has all these things that are really special, like for babies. And then Trixie makes a comment to Gary about how rosehip syrup, you put it in your, in like some water and then you drink it and it's got lots of nutrition. It's got lots of nutri- nutrients. They put it that in the add. factory. They put it in the factory. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of an interesting time where like food science is, is really, you know, evolving. And then you're getting a lot of like fortified foods and everything, which is like, we don't have to go off on a huge thing about that. But I just thought it was interesting that there were a few different mentions of that. Well, also food science, this leads us on to Colette. Ooh, seamless lady, seamless. Oh yeah, she's a, she's a food science teacher. Yeah. Home ec, yeah. Home ec, yeah, 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 yeah. Because Barbara cannot cook. Well, no, no Barbara, Barbara. It's the order. Oh, was it? Hang on, I'm really confused. I thought it was the, the orderly. The orderly made that whatever that, I that thought, omelet right. was. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought Barbara made it. No, no, no. Some it, she said she said we have an orderly, but it's like she's like she's like her first day or something. So she's Yeah, but I thought yeah. that was her I I thought Becky was onto something then, say thinking that she'd she was lying that it was an orderly made it because it was her first day. Yeah, because no, Barbara's a bit no. hapless in this episode. She just keeps I think dropping everything. Did. Can we just say something about Barbara before we go on? She is my top tier. Her and Patsy are my favourite ever midwives on this show. <gasps> Whoa. And they're a bit harsh. You ever. think you would rally against them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a bit of an inverted snob, like Sister Evangelina. Um, but no, I absolutely love Barbara. I love Barbara. Barbara's she's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Northern girl. She's nothing like she's from Liverpool, but love her. Oh, well, her dad's the curate, isn't he? Mm-hmm. What is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's just a vicar, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Vicar, rector, vicar. something like that. Something. Yeah. Bishop. Comes... Let's, call, let's call him a bishop. Yeah. A deacon. Um, be- before we get to Barbara, though, I will just say, but so Barbara and Sister Evangelina are assigned to the midwife, mi- the maternity home as a way of kind of like... Sorry, yes, let's give Colette <clears throat> some Jews. Yes. Well, just, just, to, just to say, like, they're put there kind of because it's like, okay, it's still work, it's still important work, but it's not as, like, complicated, stressful, dynamic as the dis- as the district work and as, well, like, the, you know, in poplar maternity Barbara's- work. Barbara's struggling a little bit. She seems very clumsy, and Sister Julianne just thinks that the maternity home will will be a better have some fit. The routine that she's used to in hospital. Yeah, well, yeah, also like feel she's like supposed to get trained up. Basically, Sister Evangelina was just watching her constantly. Just makes her nervous, so she's dropping stuff. And, I would you know, do same. I would as well. Like I, I feel I, that bit when she dropped all the instruments on the floor. I just thought I could see me doing that. Like when well, someone just keeps watching me and being overbearing over it. Over yeah. Oh, and you're just always worried you're going to make a mistake. But I will say, so they're caring for her. So Sister Evangelina delivers the baby. Doctor Turner's in the room. Um, Barbara's in the room, and <clears throat> so they're all very nervous. Excuse me. Um, about this baby being born so early, and then she comes out and it's like oh you have a little girl and you know and then they kind of take her away and they're you know like they're in the same room but dr turner's trying to get her to like take a breath and when i tell you the tension in that moment waiting for that child to cry was so intense and the look on sister evangelina's face as she was just waiting and waiting because colette says is she okay is she gonna be okay and sister evangelina you know oftentimes the, the nurses or midwives will kind of say something or indicate something but sister Evan- evangelina just like didn't do anything she just she didn't you know and then when when i heard that baby's cry my eye. That was that was for me the moment where I really started sobbing for the rest of the episode. Well, like, they also knew like that the, they knew about her history. They knew she had three um, miscarriages before that, later miscarriages as well. Yeah, uh, yeah they knew yeah. how devastated that be. Also, Barbara had really had a lovely rapport with her. Um, yeah. you know, showed because obviously she she was green. Is that what it's called? Green around the ears? No, not green around yeah, the ears. Yeah, green, <laughs> green. Yeah, like when you're a rookie, when you're yeah. new at your job. Yeah, it means you're There's green. This, yeah. Green oh, around the horns. I can't. I don't know. I'm wet, not wet, wet, around, wet around. Wet around the ears is what I think the expression you're searching for. Yeah, is it anyway? Queen Bee. Yeah. She's they know she's wet, new. Wet behind the ears. It's a, wet is behind the ears. I say it. Yeah, uh, but she's it, new. She's not got a lot of experience. But what this does show is that she does have what it takes to be a midwife because she's already created a really lovely rapport with with uh, with Colette. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So then, the baby gets taken away by flying squad. That does not mean an ambulance. Uh, no, sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, an air that flew to the top of the maternity home and touched down. It does not mean a helicopter yet. So the flying squad came, took the baby, and they decided yeah. she had to go in. Very different to the Conchita. She kept it between the boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she was no, like, so, no, it's okay. Yeah. 
yeah so they took colette's baby she knew it was a girl and then she was just there was this scene when she was like i've been crying and my milk's come through and she was just like you know i'm gonna I'm, the bed's gonna float away with all this uh all this liquid liquid yeah yeah Oh, and actually, okay, so just two things. So uh, from a personal point, now I've mentioned it, listeners of the podcast will know that I have two beautiful nephews, um, my sweet angels, I love them. So they were actually born prematurely as well, not that much um, earlier, about at the same time that Colette gave birth to her baby. So they also spent time in the NICU as they were kind of, you know, uh, just getting a little bit bigger, heavier, stronger, all that kind of stuff like that. And I loved so Barbara is one of my all-time faves as well. She's just such, she's the most beautiful, sweet spirit of a person ever. And one of the things that I thought was really wonderful is that like right out the gate, even though she's so green, even though she's dropping everything, even though she's just like bumbling around and like when she arrived at Nanata, well, we'll talk about it. I want to spoil because we'll get there. But she, you know, he listens to Colette saying, you know, oh, I have this milk. I don't want to lose it because this is like for my baby. This is like what I'm making for her. And Barbara is like, oh, wait, I know what we can do here. And so she advocates to have Colette express her milk, store it in jars. And then twice a day, she's going to ride to the hospital to deliver it to the maternity ward where the baby is being kept so that it can be fed the breast milk. And my sister did that too. When my nephews were born, she expressed her milk and then she gave it you know to the hospital and to the nurses and then she fed them as well she was allowed to go in and feed them and all that kind of stuff like that as did my brother-in-law but I just like she was like we have pumps now and it was this really newfangled thing and she just advocated and it just and and sister Evangelina is like you have so much work like no yeah, that's where'd you get your energy from where'd you get yeah, your energy like, from how can you do it which is actually kind of shocking from, coming from Evangelina because she's always going the extra mile but you can tell she's not feeling great and we'll talk about yeah, that in exactly, a minute yeah. but Barbara's like no I can do it and it just oh it just but also I feel like that really proves to sister Evangelina that Barbara does have the metal for this she yeah. does care she does and I think that really that was a turning point for her and Barbara, I think. Because yeah. she, uh, before that, she was like, oh, just send her back. This, she's yeah. not even trained. Whereas now she's got it's, this newfound respect for her. It's quite progressive of Barbara. And I think sometimes Sister Evangelina is a bit mistrusting of, like, the modern world. Mm. Yeah, but also it's, it's using her own possible. thing, breast is best, isn't it? It's using her own yeah. average. Well, and then she used her argument against her. Well, yeah. for her. But again, I mean, she was like, well, you always say. And that was kind of the, I mean, that's a great way to get to Evangelina because, you know. But I, yeah, so it, so it really fostered this, this, you know, I mean, it showed Barbara's character. It was able to do something really positive for Colette and, and her baby thrives and she does so great. And, and the end scene when it's her and her husband with the baby and they just look so oh. happy. And I was like, oh, cute. Oh, You've God, no idea how hard it's going to be. <laughs> oh, they, they, yeah, they really, they really pulled my heartstrings. And actually, you know, I, I mean, who knows? Cause we don't see them again, but maybe since she had a, a safe delivery, you know, maybe they can have more than one kid. I mean, one kid is great. So there's no, you know, she says, this is my, this is my chance or this yeah. is my, this is my one, you know, this is my opportunity. Like I'm going to do everything right and everything like that, but just so happy for them. They have a happy outcome. So I love that. So Bex, we're next. So should we talk about all little Gary Teeman? Oh, Gary. Oh, God, Gary. Oh. I just loved Gary. And I was trying to look to see if he'd been an actor. It, like, if I knew, I felt like I knew him as an actor. I mean, he's a yeah. child actor. But <laughs> I, I can't really <laughs> in anything. Because, I mean, Series 4 is a good eight, ten years ago. He could be. I was going to say, I now find anything. So I didn't know why I've gone down this road because it didn't lead anywhere. No, but he was he was so good in it and so heartbreaking and 
Oh God. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, when I watched this, when I watched this whole storyline, I thought, wow, you know, this, this, this is one that's like, we talked about so much of, um, of this kind of thing in the book, you know, when we did our book review the last couple of weeks and how, you know, the show finds a way to challenge the audience with these incredibly tough storylines. And this to me is a, definitely in the top, I don't know, top whatever of like, this is one of the hardest ones to watch. I mean, when you see the, the way that those kids are living and what they're going through, I mean, not to oh. make light, not to make light of the awful situation, but that was the fattest neglectedest baby I've ever seen. Neglected <laughs> <laughs> baby, it was so cute. Well, well, well actually, was what, well, what was so funny about it was that when when Colette gives birth to her baby, my mom and I look over and we're like, "That's not a premature baby," because we've seen premature babies and they are twinsy twinsy. Like they they are like the littlest. Like when I, when my nephews were born and they came home from the hospital, I joked that they were tiny enough to fit in my loaf tin. You know, like they would have. Been they could have like slept in a little loaf tin they were so small that baby that came out of colette was a mondo baby and well to be honest all were they all were this this yeah. one because i, I, I even mean, know she had I baby mean, nicola born in the car yeah 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 oh, baby nicola was do you know what huge. do you know why yeah. they're all drinking carnation milk that's why <laughs> sweet and condensed it's milk. the rose hip syrup <laughs> <laughs> maybe they mix it as a cocktail Milkshake. well well the thing that's funny is like my mom has always said that they 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 have um i think in london hospitals there's like a couple of um there's like a program to get you know casting for the show right so they have to have brand new babies come in for the for the show to you know be like little baby actors you know the, 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 that are born and so they have to get brand newborns to come in and do it obviously because the minute the baby is like even a month or two old they're kind of too too big at that point and so i was like they must have just had like a selection of babies and they just were like okay you're kind of the smallest so we'll put you you know like they just were probably oh they've just got them. a willing mother it doesn't matter they needed so many babies <laughs> for today they're like did your mother agree yes you're in it's like you know they knew those newborn shoots um yeah. my mom was all like because i wanted a newborn suit shoot but i was so not right for the first however long and I wasn't well and all this. So anyway, it got to like six weeks. And I thought, right, I best do it. So I did it. And my mum was like, well, she's going to be way too big. It's ridiculous. What a ridiculous thing. Like she was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Over like it. she was going to be like 18 years old with her like legs yeah, hanging she's over like, her Oh, she's way too old now. It's going to look ridiculous. And I was like, she's six weeks old. Anyway, the pictures are gorgeous. She looks really cute. And now she's like, oh, look how tiny she is. And I'm like, are you, are you nuts? You were saying. <laughs> she was going to be way too big for it. <laughs> That's so funny, but yeah, these, these they 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 all look like very very big babies. But yeah. anyway, so by, just, by, by the by, right? So Gary yeah. comes in to clinic on a Tuesday, and he's got baby coral with him, just him and some wood, some plywood under his pram, as you do. Yeah, so because, fi- I thought it was firewood. Oh, I, I think thought that's what, that makes that's a what lot I thought more too. sense than plywood. I thought so, it was firewood as well because he was collecting it on the way home. Remember? Yeah. Well, I was thinking he was trying to like sell it, so that makes a lot more sense. Yes. So anyway. <laughs> I loved when he called out Sheila because Sheila's like, no prams. And he's like, well, whose pram is that? Yeah. And it's, she's like, oh, uh, that's my baby's, but it's got clean waste. So it's mine. Um, so anyway, he goes into their clinic and he wants some free milk because he just wants to basically feed his sisters because his mum's horrific. Mm. So he goes in to get milk vouchers to get rotated. And that's when he takes the OXO cubes as well. Yeah. Um, so he goes into clinic and uh, Trixie is speaking to him and notices that his little sister Carol has got this like rash on her nose and she's like, I think it might be germs or something. And he's thinking, oh, hang on, you know, I don't yeah. really want to get my mum into trouble. So he goes, he leaves. 
um, Sister Monica Joan and uh, and Barbara actually let him out, uh, and he <laughs> off he goes on his merry way. And um, and Trixie's like, oh, hang on, I wanted to, you know, find out where he was, you know, what he was doing. I want, I want to keep an eye on him. So she looks for his address, and she goes to his actual address that was last listed, and um, it, the milkman's there again. <laughs> the milkman is very prominent in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. He's like, oh, like he's like, fancy seeing you here, and all, you know, anyway, uh, it's, probably, it's probably Colin Bex. He knows how to promote himself. <laughs> so anyway. Um, <laughs> So they go to the flat. It's not there. They say, it looks boarded up that, like, uh, like a bit of eviction. Like, all right, mate. Yeah, all right. Getting into everything today. <laughs> um, and anyway, so she asks Tom for his help to find out, to see if he knows anything about this family and see if he can actually trap them down for it because she's worried about them. Yeah. Um, but then, so again, Barbara has been a bit rubbish that day. And when there is clinic again, he comes to get more milk tokens. And Barbara, there's a note next to his name. Basically, like, get Trixie, but she doesn't see it, even though she's just ticked his name She signals it. <laughs> well, I was like, how has she not seen that? If she's like, yes, just one minute ago. I'd be like, it was 30 seconds ago, run. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, oh, but- so, you know what? Wait, wait, hold on one second. See, this is where this is where the editing of this, uh, version, this show versus y'all's version versus my version is very interesting because that scene with Barbara didn't happen in mine. The way that oh. we discover how Gary, where Gary is, is because he shoplifts the rich tea biscuits. Oh no, that's how we then, discover it as well. Oh, but the scene, this, I mean, I see, we see Trixie like looking at like a, like a, a book or something and like scanning the names, but there's never a scene with like Barbara where she, where he comes back in and gets something or anything like that. So oh. we didn't have that part. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it was that important to the, to the it overall was. Story, It was integral, but... Jen. It was integral. It's, it's going to go with <laughs> me for will... the rest of my life. I, w- I know it's gonna it's gonna stay in your dreams I will say what what the I mean again this is it's it's a sad storyline but the line that did kind of make me laugh was um when when um the the shop merchant brings Gary into the uh police station and he says oh he's like oh sergeant uh you know this boy was shoplifting you know you better have him or whatever and he like hands him the packet of rich tea biscuits and uh, you know Peter looks down and he's like oh you shoplifted rich tea like wow things must really be bad or whatever you know I, I, that's not the line it's i love funny. a rich tea you must be hungry oh yeah tea. you must be hungry if you chose these the thing is okay justice for fu- rich tea bex justice for no, rich tea i felt and especially a rich tea finger you can't be <laughs> okay just just a word about rich tea though for anyone who has not had a rich tea they're fine they're fine but the thing is they're like they're a delicious hard, they're they're a, like a hard crisp biscuit okay i mean cookie for americans right they are sweet but like they're not that sweet they're they're very plain like there's i mean literally no no, jen what they are is perfect Right. No, 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 no. And then the thing is, they're hard and crisp, and you bite them, and they crumble, and they have crumbs all over. Yeah, but you you're not dunking it in a cup of tea. tea. No, but the thing is, I, listen, I've eaten rich tea biscuits. Okay, you put them in your tea for like literally, you can only put them in tea for one point one second, and then you have to pull it out. If you put them any longer, no, what, Jen? This is such a shame. Dunk. I really like doing this podcast with you, but I'm sorry, you're fired. <laughs> Gone too far. It's we only got to series things. four, it's, episode four. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, you either love it and you have a and you have a like a lifelong affection, or you just are kind of like, okay, this exists. No, I whatever. agree that it's one of them things, but it's one of those things that either you're right and you love it, or you're wrong <laughs> and you are wrong. Oh, but, oh, oh when, God! Okay. Anyway, you know, I really want a rich tea now. I'm not gonna lie. I want to go. I'm gonna <laughs> also, test my husband getting to go to the shop. There is nothing rich. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. 
Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. About them either. That's the other thing that I find hilarious. Oh, They're... Jen, my life is made richer by them. So think about that. <laughs> okay, but so Gary gets so Gary gets invested so so Officer Noakes goes in and talks to Gary, and I will say the line that absolutely broke my heart is Officer oh, Noakes cool. wa- walks in with like with something to eat and a drink, and he's like and he starts talking to him and he he starts to walk over to him and he's like oh son you know da-da-da. and Gary says no 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 don't come near don't come near me don't come near me and he says why and he says because I know how bad I smell and I don't want you to smell it and and I'm ashamed of myself and. Oh, girls. Oh, oh, my God. I need to ask a question. I'm going to start crying again now. It was so sad when he says that. I need to ask a question, though, because the reason that Gary is desperate and shoplifts the rich teas is because he's been locked out of the flat. So his three siblings are locked in the flat. What happened to the key? Did the key, because there was a key on a bit of string, did that just. I think it just tethered. Like, you know, when you pull something too much or whatever and the string's not that great, it just, it's been lost down the bottom down into the thing you think one of his sisters just passing the bloody key yeah that's why i was like that's what i thought look by the door and just pass me the key out yeah i did, well, I did yeah but there wouldn't be a story why. then would there no there wouldn't oh but then they have to break the door down to get in and then they walk in and peter's like oh shine a light shine a light and they literally pan their yeah, flashlights across before that he's like oh it's not these biscuits are not for me they're for my sisters i don't feel hungry like I, I'm used to it, but my sisters feel hungry, and I was like, oh. And also, when when Peter was like, come here, and he was like, get off me, or whatever. Don't you bloody touch me! <laughs> I just thought his acting was brilliant. He was oh, really yeah. oh, he was so, like he was just. I mean, he was so grown up, but also so like so young at the, at this. I don't know what I'm saying. No, he. You're exactly right, Bex. He was he was so good. He really portrayed that character in the most perfect way i mean he had you know the like the the maturity of of the oldest sibling who clearly is carrying the world on their shoulders he you know was clearly still so vulnerable as a child like you know trying so hard to do the right thing but not knowing what to do you know like i mean you could tell he was very scared and wary of the police but at the same time he was worried about his sister so he wanted to tell the truth and like just oh i mean he that little actor that little boy did such a good good job and, and that's why he must on have gone mom. on to stuff well, huh? well i'm looking for him now actually so once peter what what's the they get out the what's he called the cleanup station something that's not what it's oh, called the, the cleaning station yeah the cleaning, the cleaning station, station. Mm-hmm. so monica jones sheila Trixie come together cleansing 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 station cleansing station and I just thought that bath for those kids must have just been the best feeling in the world 
Well, oh, also, Dr. Turner and Sheila got involved, didn't they? Because obviously it wasn't just the fact that they were hungry and, you know, dirty. Yeah. Um, it was the fact that they were neglected, they were abused. Like the bruises on those kids was absolutely, I was like, because well, I just thought, oh, yeah, they're a bit dirty. That's awful. Don't get me wrong. But I thought maybe it was another storyline where you feel really sorry for the mum because, you know, she's been left neglected. Yeah, and the circumstances have forced her into it. But actually, she's just. Yeah. Well, the, the circumstances were a part of it. I mean, she oh, was yeah, making 100%. she was make she was making very very bad choices as well. But I mean, Didn't have yeah, to shake I mean, the kids, yeah, right. I mean, circumstances were were a factor, but they were definitely not. You know, I mean, they didn't they didn't validate or explain or anything like that the abuse that those kids kids were you know victim to. I mean, the one that really was horrifying to me, and I had I had not even thought of this, but when Doctor Turner looks at the baby Coral, she is going to need extensive medical care for her bottom because she's been in a dirty diaper for God knows how long, you know? And, um, you know, if you've seen the episode, you know, kind of the more graphic thing that Dr. Turner says there, but I mean, I just, I I was absolutely horrified. I mean, I shuddered when I heard that. And, and then, you know, the kids have fleas and nits and I mean, they're just, they're just really in, in a bad way. Also at the start of the episode, Sister Monica Jones a bit, doesn't really know what to do with herself. She's a bit, it's a bit lost. Feels, yeah, a bit lost, a bit useless. Like you know, Cynthia's gone. There's lots of change. She doesn't like that. It's all a bit strange. She doesn't really know what to do. But this gave her a sense of purpose. She was like at the cleansing stage. She's like, I know what I'm doing. I can help. I can really help. And she was a big help with those kids. Do you guys know what she's referencing when she said the cleansing station used to be open 24 hours a day? Was it just was it just worse conditions at Poplar back in the day, or was well, it? Well, I'm guessing because the other... war and everything like that. Like you know the the, the you couldn't get a lot of water. You couldn't get a lot of stuff. So the, the cleansing stations had to happen because there were lots of kids sleeping in close proximity when in the, in the, they were, you know, with the... You mean you mean the Blitz? Time. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So I'm oh, presuming okay, okay. that's what they sure. meant. And also, you know, there was poverty more. Those right. There was poverty more in those times. Brilliant English. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm just wondering too, like if... They're, they're coming out of rationing and things, aren't they? Like, it's really lots of deprivation i think it's just the level of deprivation in that area right yeah okay yeah and like a lot of people are living together large families no contraception well and and even and even access to like clean running water i'm sure was incredibly limited you know in that community as well so um yeah i just just to kind of round out so you know because we'll we'll venture into trixie i i think you know as we're talking about this but um so there's a there's a thing that that mature jenny says you know they they get the kids cleaned up and everything they're put into a temporary home and then at the very end of the episode um mature jenny says you know um in the end they were you know the three older kids were sent to australia as part of a child migrant program and the baby was adopted to a different family so they were kind of kept together slash separated you know because of whatever well i did not uh, you know i don't know if you guys knew what that program was referencing when she said that i didn't know what it was i did and so i Mm. i did some googling about it and i read um a little bit about it and um well, you know, I didn't need more to be horrified about. I'm going to yeah. be really honest, but I got a little more, and that's so on for me, context. So... A lot of children sent over to Australia, where there was the promise of the perfect life, and you know, oh, it's lovely weather and lovely. There's loads of opportunities for all these children over there. A lot of them were sent over and horrifically, to like Canada, basically used... to Canada, in Canada as, well. as well, yeah, and based, sent over and basically used like like a Victorian workhouse, basically a lot of them abused yeah. in more than one sense and it's just absolutely heartbreaking that these kids have to go through that 
Yeah. I, oh my God. I mean, I, you know, I, I would never tell someone to like actively look into something like this, but I will say it was, it was definitely a case where, um, you know, and actually I, I don't have the book handy, but there's a line where in, in Jennifer Worth's book where she's talking about the workhouse and she says, you know, this was, this was an idea that came out of an altruistic and, you know, problem solving, you know, initiative. And this could be something that would really help people. And she said, but, you know, like a lot of things with good, good intentions, it ended up going really badly in a lot of ways. And this was exactly the same thing, because there were high hopes that, you know, this was going to solve a lot of problems for Britain, solve a lot of problems for Australia and Canada, you know, this was going to be a way to, you know, do positive things. And then it ended up incredibly sad. And, if, you know, for many, many children, not all, but for many, many children. And um, they touched on it a little bit in the way that Mature Jenny kind of said, you know, you know, she where she left her kind of caption, but. Oh. Awesome. Right, let's uh, change the mood. Let's go to Barbara. The oh, lovely well, wait, Barbara. We, okay, but, so we'll talk to, about Trixie and Tom at the end. Yeah, after, okay, after, okay. We talk after Barbara. About, after Barbara, Barbara and after Sister Evangelina, we're going to go to that, yeah. Okay. But let's talk right. about Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. I love her. Right. So, yeah. um, oh, so she rides, um, she's, she's got a bicycle, she's got bananas around. <laughs> <laughs> she brought bananas because she's just lovely and always, you know, it's just, she's been brought up well. She knows not to go anywhere without well, anything. Nate, no, no, the, the, the market holds them to her. You yeah, didn't buy them. They look good. So anyway, yeah, she's not thought, oh, I mustn't arrive empty handed. She's yeah, just, she's just slagging Barbara off, will you? So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she asks for directions and the and the, the the market keeper that sees her says oh yeah go down there and by the way give them this bananas when you get there yeah she's giving it to them because she's so lovely so anyway yeah. um barbara gets to narasa's house and sister monica jones being a bit weird and she's like go away and she's like well really I, I, live here. I think this is where i'm supposed to be like can you help me and there's my, I, everything I own is on the floor and, and then Sister Monica Jones like mm, whatever and then she's like but, but there's dogs now and then she, there's a bit <laughs> Wait, where Sister I Monica... think of more explanation here so Barbara's suitcase has fallen off her bike yeah her and opens and underwear is everywhere and then two wild dogs have randomly come in and just started running around yeah, with why, her why is the first thing she didn't do is close the case like first thing you do is close the case so they can't just keep going back and getting more underwear. yeah i didn't get why she didn't immediately drop the bananas and just run down and like grab the case because you wouldn't want your clothes just floating around on the street anyway like even if there weren't dogs that was no. a little bit weird anyway like... sister monica jones takes the bananas and she was like uh, put down the you bananas she's not be yeah that's what i'm saying but superfluous to the situation it was funny like just rumour. But I mean, I was saying, you think Monica Jane isn't going to be helpful, but actually she gets a bucket of water to throw over the dogs. Yeah, yeah, she was being dead, <laughs> she was being dead good. It just made me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah. And then so Barbara Mar- gets drunk that night with Trixie oh. and Patsy. And then she got a hangover on her first day. What, what, what were they drinking? They were drinking some, like, some wine and then rosehip syrup because Ro- Trixie brought a bottle of it home because she's like we're, we absolutely have like we're swimming in it at the clinic and then she like pours rosehip syrup over like it's like white wine something drink that she's got and I was just like okay and we see that the drinking is becoming a problem because that is I mean she's just increasingly drinking more disgusting booze and like I feel like that's definitely a sign like when your standards start to get lower and you'll drink kind of for any reason well actually you know after the just quickly just to go back really quick to the gary storyline um at the end of that yeah. trixie was drinking on her own in her room upset so you can see she's kind of using it a bit more as a crutch oh see wait which wait which when when did she do that 
after the cleansing station and after the kids oh, at all. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Wait, hold up. I have a note about that actually because I wrote um wait a minute. Oh, it's here. Oh. Okay, I wrote Trixie has a drink after helping those kids and I don't blame her because I, I will say that was kind of the one time where I thought, oh, yeah, you know what? Like if if I had a day like her and I had dealt with those kids and knew all that, I would go home and have a big glass of whatever I wanted to have, too. I mean, just something or just like a big. Yeah, but like, I think it's showing, I think it's or, showing how she's got a reliance on it or starting to get a reliance on it. That was the yes. point of him showing it, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. She's she's leaning she's leaning on it too much, that's for sure. And you're starting to really get a sense of that for sure. Yes. I feel like I would be the barber in that situation. Patsy and Trixie can totally hold their drink. I would not be able to. <laughs> I oh, thought I... um Sister Winifred was a bit judgy when she was like because as far as the nuns are concerned, they tell her that she's got food poisoning because she's eating a green crisp. Um <laughs> Sister Winifred wasn't sympathetic at all. She was just annoyed oh, that she was kept away. Do, do we not think that maybe Sister Winifred knows what it is and it's not green crisps that are causing her um, to have a bit yeah. of an issue? She's like, right. uh-huh, yeah, those green crisps really get you. Oink, 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 you know? Like, I think Sister Winifred knows what's up. She, she's not, she's hip to the kids. True. But anyways, Barbara comes and so she's, so she does great. We love Barbara. Okay, then um, we're talking about Sister Evangelina next, right? Yeah, so Sister Evangelina, and you roll, because obviously you don't know what it is at this point, so you're really worried about what I was. And so mm-hmm, she started, she's got really bad reflux, she's she's in pain, you can see she's flinching at stuff. Anyway, she's Sister off Evangelina, her food. Yeah, Sister Julianne's like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? Um, I can see that you've got some issues, I need to go to the doctors. And then she just starts showering at Sister Julianne. <laughs> it's like... She's your support. You're her subordinate. You've, you've taken her like faith, you know, this, this life of service and duty and you're refusing to go to the doctors for her. Oh yeah. But you know what? Sister Julian got it in the neck from Monica Jones just like five minutes before. I mean, Sister Julian truly like she is, oh, she takes everyone's garbage and she finds a way to deal with it and then turn it into a bed of roses. I mean, every, no matter the fact that she's like, quote, the boss of like Nanata's house, like she's this, you know, tippy top or whatever. Everyone dumps on her all the time. And she always is so incredibly magnanimous and understanding. And she even says to Sister Evangelina, she's like, this is out of concern. I love you. I want you to be well. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Like, you know, I'm I'm asking you to do this because I, I think you, you know, need to kind of stop for a second and, and get some care. And she's like, well, I, uh, uh, you know, like, she just don't like. She just flounces out. She just flounces yeah. out. She's do like, it. well, you'll but... see how well you need me when I'm not around or da, da, da. And then well, she, eventually you know... later on in the episode, there's a really yeah. nice scene, actually. And it's um, Sister Monica Joan toasting some mm-hmm. crumpets. I say toasting, burning some crumpets in the kitchen. Yeah, starting um, a small fire, basically. Yeah, it was a beautiful scene. Really well acted. Really lovely dialogue between them two being like, oh, you don't seem, she's saying, Oh, I think you're uh, you're not feeling very well or whatever. She's like, oh, like me with my head. And she's like, oh, you don't seem too bad. You seem sharp as a tack now. Like, you know what I mean? When you say <laughs> this to me, I just thought it was brilliant. Um, it was and then really obviously good. the toast burn. She's like, see, see, you are more necessary than you might imagine. And it finally encouraged her to go to the doctors to be like, you know, you know, you are still useful around here. You do need to go and get yourself sorted. Well, actually, I I thought it was a different line that really twisted the uh, story because. I thought Sister Monica Joan was, well, not thought. So she has this line where she says, listen, she's like, I know how important it is to feel useful. And she's like, don't neglect your health so long that then you actually can't do
do anything. And then you end up like me, someone who just has to basically be here, but not really be here because I'm not doing anything. I'm not really helping. I'm just kind of like window dressing a little bit. Yeah. I don't and that really would kill Evangelina, wouldn't it? And she was like, she's like, I struggle with that all the time. She's like, don't, don't let yourself become, don't let yourself get into my situation. Bex, you get, you get to talk about Trixie next. Cause, um, cause sister Evangelina goes to see the doctor and we're going to talk about more of her next, in the next few episodes. So what do you want to say about Trixie Bex? Well, what was the cake that, well, Tom basically proposes to her. That's all I was going to say. Um, <laughs> With a meringue. <laughs> the little, yes. Yeah, but it, did it have a name that you gave it, Jen? Angelique, is it? Angelica. Angelica. I made Angelica's a special a note. Herb. Oh. I, I thought it was the herb thing. on the top of the meringue. I, I just thought it was, a, I just thought it was a fancy name for just, you know, it looked like a, it looked like a meringue with like cream on top and that and like a cherry yeah. and that was it you know it i love that sister monica jones stole it in the kitchen when she found it later oh my god well, she was gonna be my zero for that oh so yes like... me as well me as well yes oh I, I when she ate that thing i was like i can't believe you're freaking ate that like you are just oh she is unreal with her ability to just look well when well, tom he gives her that he's like oh she's like oh can i eat it he's like well in a minute and then he's like oh i'll give you something else and she's like, proposal, what a surprise. And he's like, don't say that, Trixie. It was really like, <laughs> it's because if it really is, that probably means you don't want to be my wife quite as much as I want to be your husband. And if that was how someone proposed to me, I'd be a bit like, F off. Like... <laughs> oh, but it just wasn't the reaction he was hoping for. No, I know, but it's just not the most romantic proposal, is it? Like basically yeah, shouting at and not having the reaction two, um, you want. They're not. They're not meant to be. No, well, she, really... she takes ages to say yes as well. Yeah, it felt. The thing is, it felt really slapdash. Just, just to give a little bit of context, though. So, okay, at the beginning of the episode, when Barbara and Patsy and Trixie are all having a drink and they're kind of like, you know, really, you know, getting to know each other for the first time, Trixie says, "Oh, I have a boyfriend, Tom. You know, like he's so great and da 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 da, whatever." And then she's like, "But I haven't seen him for five days because, like, he's been working and I've been working and everything, even though they literally live like one half second across the door from each other." Yeah, but they can't exactly stay over each other's houses, right? No, but I mean, you know. And then and then Trixie's coming into the Nanata's house and Tom is going out and he's just like, Oh, hi Trixie. Like literally like she was just like Sister Juliet. He's like, Hi, Sister Juliet. I mean, it was that mm-hmm. casual. I was like, you know that's your girlfriend, right? Like, don't I mean, even if you're both doing stuff, like you would stop, say hello, like give each other a kiss, like, you know, whatever. But he's there's just like, no- anyways. And the, so like the proposal does come a bit out of the blue because there's not there's not a lot of interaction between these two. It's just well, the day to day. This is what I'm saying though. So like they start the episode and she's like, I haven't even seen him in that much. Like we're, you know, we're kind of like two ships passing in the night. And then she says when he when he just kind of waves at her, she's like, Oh, can I talk to you for a second? And then she doesn't say anything about their relationship really. She like asks him if she could if he can help find Gary and his you know, the kiddos. And then he's like, oh, I'll give it a shot or whatever. They're on the pier and everything like that. Well, anyways, then fast forward. Then they've done the cleansing station thing. And Gary and the and the girls are going to get taken to, like, the short-term foster home. And Trixie's packing a bag for them. And Tom comes to her and says, you know, it's in the lobby of Nanata's house. And he says, like, oh, do you want to say goodbye to them? And she's like, no, I, I can't. I can't. I don't want to. Be fair, I will like, no. say that was, quite a, that was quite a deep conversation between them. That was her opening up quite a lot to it. Oh, it was it yeah, was very the- deep. That's that's what I'm saying. It was like it was definitely a transformational like talk, you know, because she, you know, really expressed some stuff and everything. And I think that pushed the proposal yeah. in a major way. Like it made it possible. It, to me is where I was going to go with it. But but yeah, cuz I felt like 
Gary, the storyline with Gary and his siblings brought up a lot of things from Trixie's childhood. Yeah. And I felt that her opening up to Tom kind of led him to propose to her. Yes, but it, but it's still, I mean, we've said this so many times. Like, it, I think, I mean, it's like truly a close but no cigar relationship. You know, like there's a lot they, they both love about each other and a lot that's really admirable in both of them that they recognize that is compatible in a very deep way. But it, I mean, like on some like, like damp park bench in like the middle of a pier or whatever with like, you know, I mean, shall we not? Yeah, and then just being like, listen, like, if you don't want to do this, like, we don't have to do this, but I'm just asking you, okay? And she's like, well, I mean, okay, yeah, I guess we will. I mean, it wasn't that rude, obviously. It was like, not like that, but it just... Yeah, but it's just, it's not easy, is it? And I think that's what it portrays. It's not an easy relationship. It's not, it's not no. natural and easy like it should be. Yeah. Well, and Trixie... Can I just say also, this is a brilliant trans- transformation to the next part. <laughs> I just want to say really quick, because that sure. was beautiful. It's seamless. I just want to talk really, really quick about the scene with Sister Evangelina when she comes into the doctors and sister, and uh, Mrs. Turner is sat there because now she's going to be part of something. She wants to go back to work. She had this big conversation with uh, Patrick about it. Yeah. And this is the most formal, considering they used to be like sisters for years. <laughs> Mrs. Turner. Hello, Sister Evangelina. Um, I want to see Doctor about women's problems. Right, okay, I shall get to see that that's happened. Like it was just the most formal. And I just thought, oh, after they've been that, close for that long it just really upset me and i also think we should just touch very briefly on the fact that chummy is going to be acting matron at the mother and baby home oh yes so chummy leaves there's a flat that comes with the job so chummy's gone to she's going to be living at the flat and then peter's going to be coming back to stay in an artist's house when he's got night shifts but i think we should just say that it's the beginning of the end for chummy I mean, she's not going to die, but we're not going to see her. She's to us. She's dead to us if she's left called midwife. Um, her parking and her, her driving was absolutely lulls. So God bless Miranda Hart for getting, for shoving herself into that car. Because did you see like her trying to get in and out of it? Like she literally had she to like a bit like Jennifer head. Worth here, Jen. <laughs> Being a bit judgmental. Never, never. I just meant that, like, that car just, I mean, like, there's no seat that can go back. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those, like, old-style bench seats and everything where, like, you just fit in or whatever, and you've just got to make it work. And I was like, oh, my God, she's so tall. Like, she's not fitting in that car. Like, it just, it looked, it looked deeply uncomfortable. And frankly, Peter looked like he was going to be uncomfortable in that car, too. I mean, it just looked like. Yeah, by the time you had Peter, Chummy, and Freddie in that car. Oh, Freddie was probably the safest baby in a vehicle because he was wedged in between his mother and the dashboard, basically. Like, there was nowhere for him to go. Gee whiz. Yeah, but I know. We're good. Like, Chummy, I think, is going to phase out pretty quick at this point. Oh, the OGs are leaving. I know. But we've got Barbara, so, and Patsy, so, you know, let them go. Oh, man. Uh, Right. Heroes and zeros, ladies. My zero is going to be Sister Evangelina. Oh, go on. Why? Just for being so stubborn and just. (laughs) (laughs) We just made like quizzical faces at Bex because like. Can I just uh... say, just for context, listeners, Becky is probably the most stubborn person I've ever met. Carry on. I I wasn't going to say it, but. (laughs) But for someone who's a health professional and Mm -hmm. is conscious of how things can escalate if you just ignore them, the fact that there was clearly something ailing her and she just wasn't. And she was 
yeah, I just it just I'm with you. Good... I I 100% agree. I think that's uh, I think she was yeah. absolutely nice. So she she was my zero and then my hero of the week is going to be Barbara. <gasps> I was going to have her as mine. She's so For great. Working with Colette and just going above and beyond. Yeah. Excellent Agreed. choice. Excellent yeah. choice. Jen, I'm ready or are you? You you go next. Right. My hero of the week is Sister Monica Joan. Oh. Which is unusual. It's unusual. Um, yeah. but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you for why. Um, it's for getting the kids to beat the horn of the car. I loved it. Yeah. It was pure, unadulterated, unabandoned fun. Like they didn't, she didn't give a care. Like normally, like adults are like, oh, don't do that. Oh, there's neighbors listening. All this. She didn't care. She was like, do it. And the kids were absolutely <laughs> lolling. And they need that lolling in their life because they've not had a lot of, uh, you know, pure and adulterated joy. So, yes to Sister Monica Joan for that. That is my hero of the week. Yeah. I just thought the kids laughing was absolutely beautiful. Um, now, my zero of the week is Patrick. Oh, well, well it's, it's controversial, but it's not really. So, um, Patrick, after being ridiculous, so we ha- did have a bit of a fallout, not a fallout, we won't call it a fallout, on a disagreement, we'll call it, with Bex one time when she was saying about Patrick not telling um, Sheila something. And yeah. he shouldn't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it. Not true. So, anyway, <laughs> Patrick was. By Sheila. the way, can I just say you blasted Sister Vangelina for being stubborn, and it's like, well, Bex, if she doesn't want to talk about her physical health, then why does she have to talk about her physical health? You don't have it's, to ask any of these questions. It's two different things. Patrick didn't want to talk about his past and because it was his way of coping. Talk about her present. Right, can we just stop Sister, her? Hang on, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No. We are in my zero. Shush. <laughs> so Patrick and Sheila were talking and Sheila was like, yes. can I tell you something, Patrick? And he's like, yes, you can tell me anything. And I hope you always will. I thought, hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> that annoyed me because I was a bit like, well, you can say that to her and try and put pressure on her to always speak to you, but you don't bloody speak to her. Anyway, Wait, that what was is, my what zero. Is- what did she want to talk to him about? The job? She wanted to go back to work. She was like, I want to, oh. I want to, I want to, you know, she was lying in bed being like, I want to be useful. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think, I think Patrick was thinking, I hope you always will, but I understand if you don't want to. <laughs> I hope you always will, like I should have. Anyway, Jen. <laughs> Heroes and zeros. Hero and zero, because we've done the rest. Oh, God, girls. Okay. Oh, man. Well, let me just, like, totally kill the mood and say that my zero is um, the child migrant program and yeah. the um, abuse and neglect that Gary and his sister. Oh, yeah, that's actually horrendous. Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, I, pick, I picked one that's, like, so obvious. I mean, we've talked about the horror of it. So, I mean, it was a zero already. I didn't have to say it. But um, I, I will say this in terms of the child migrant program program um part of it is that i i did not know about that um that piece of history and i i learned about it through the show and while it is a, an absolute tragedy um i i still value you know learning and i and one of the things that i i really do love about the show is that it does you know shine a light on um things that deserve you know to be known about because I mean, not to be cliche, but like, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the reminder to be ever mindful um, about, you know, what we do. So, okay, so that's zero. But anyways, um, hero. Oh, man, there were like a bunch of good ones in this. Um, man, 
Oh, it's not even a week. Oh, just think how much I would have suffered, like struggled if I hadn't gone last. Okay, you know what? I'll give it to. I'll since you guys since you guys already kind of mentioned some of the ones that I would have wanted to touch on. I'm going to give the hero to Trixie uh, this week because you know she's in it. She's she's really deep in it, and you know she was she really tried with um, those kids, Gary and his his sweet sisters. And one of the lines that I thought was well, actually two. She did the whole thing where they walked into the cleansing station, and the kids were clearly very nervous. And she says, "Oh, this is just like Vidal Sassoon's salon," and she's like, "This is Maison Trixie," and like she really sets them at ease and then um after they've all had like baths and shampoos and everything else sheila's really struggling with one of the little girls because she's got the fleas and the knits in her hair and she's like oh i don't know how i'm gonna get these out and sister monica jones says oh we have to shave their heads like that's the only way to do it and gary says no no you know like that that means you're poor like we don't want to have our heads shaved like no don't make them do that and Trixie says, you know, all it takes is a little bit of time and attention. And she says, we have plenty of the former and like an endless amount of the latter. And like she, they sit there and just, you know, lovingly and painstakingly, you know, make sure those kids are okay. And, you know, you can tell it really touched her. And I just, I just love when, I just love when the people just go above and beyond for their, for their patients. Oh, I, it just I've always touches me. problems with Trixie this past, last series, series three. Oh, we all Season know. Yeah. No, she's back on form. It's fine. Yeah. It was that short hair. Like Samson and Delilah. No, is it Samson? Yeah. Samson and yeah. Delilah. Her hair yeah. was there, a power. Her hair's a niceness. So it's yeah. fine. It's fine. I, and I love, I love the new hairdo. I think it's so oh, cute. Oh, yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know she's me. I know she's got some stuff coming up, but she did yeah. good this week. Yeah. yeah. And on that note. Uh, next week we are watching season four series. I've gone American. Series four, <laughs> episode two. So if you want to watch along with us and then listen to our episode, that would be fantastic. So you know what we're going on about. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe, uh, give us some reviews, <laughs> send us some flowers, some money, whatever you want, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and I hope we'll see you next week. Yes! See you soon! Bye! Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.